Younger people are sitting out saying, who's that? Who's that? Well, good morning. My name is Ed Hires, one of the pastors here at Shiloh. And when I was a teenager, a lot of songs in my day were about... <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. All right, good. Thank you. A lot of songs were about driving cars. Okay, about on the road, and, and the Beach Boys, they were it, you know. They wrote songs about surfing, but they also wrote songs about cars. We were really into cars. They also wrote songs about girls. We're not going to cover that one today. Um, so maybe you're wondering, what does fun, fun, fun have to do with our new series? Well, our new series is entitled Drive. So I want you to think back with me. Come on, think back with me. For those of you that aren't this age, you're 16 years old. You've just, you've gotten through your written exam, and here you are. You're about to get in the car with the driving instructor, and in just a few minutes, you're going to have a driver's license. You know, yeah, you'll get married, you'll have kids, you'll buy a home, but this four-by-two-inch card, this is the card. This changes lives, right? You know, I, I thought I'd show you a picture now of my license, okay? Now, I know you think, I, I know, I know you're thinking that that looks like Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. I can't tell you how many times we were, we were taken for being one and the same. All right, but I digress. Um, so here's my story about driving. I was 15 years old. My parents moved to Florida. We thought we were moving permanently, but we only stayed for three months, but... I had turned 15, and in Florida, you can get a driver's permit at 15. So I took the time to get my driver's permit. And by the way, the first road I really drove on was U.S. Route 1 from Florida all the way up the East Coast. And if you've ever been on there, my poor mother was dying. My father told me, you can do it. So I did. But here's the deal. I got my permit. I came home. One of my friends, my best friend, I had been so sad leaving, he was 16. And he had just got his permit from New Jersey. So my parents or one of my older siblings would drop me off at his house and I would tell his parents that I had a license from Florida so he could drive with me. He told my parents he had, a, he had gotten his license and I could drive with him. Anyway, it was really good because we drove everywhere and neither of us had a license. Now, that's not for you younger people, you understand? As the saying goes, I wasn't saved. All right. <laughs> So here I am. I finally get my money saved up, and I buy my very first car. 
Okay, that's the car I wanted. I could not afford that. There we go. It didn't look quite that good, by the way, but I bought this, uh, like, 1967 Ford Fairlane three-speed on the column. It was horrible. But suddenly, I'm not waiting for my parents anymore. I'm not waiting for my two sisters who didn't like me and didn't want to take me anywhere anyway. I wasn't limited to what I could do on my bike or my skateboard. Don't confuse skateboards in my day with skateboards today. It was a piece of plywood cut with a piece of carpeting on top and a metal uh, roller, uh, roller skate that you take apart and put one in the front and the back. It was horrible. But I could get places on it. And in just a while, not only am I free to drive, but I can take my friends with me. This is amazing. Look out, world. So here I have this amazing freedom. It's unbelievable, but we all know, as the saying goes, freedom is not free. Okay, with freedom comes responsibilities, right? And, and with all the positive outcomes, I have now consequences. I have temptations. So here's the deal. I got grounded so many times for coming home late. I regretted my first speeding ticket. That cost me the car for a while. But this was the worst. Barb and I decided to cut class in high school and we're going to Delaware to see this garden thing, that uh, Longwood Gardens. And so we, we get there, and I was talking to her, and I didn't see the car in front of me stop. So I have an accident in Delaware. Car's not drivable. It's her parents' car. <laughs> They're in Europe. Oh, so... Yeah, I was. I was, yes. Um, So, we're going to take some of these driving principles and we're going to apply them to life in general. Things that are important to know to get through life successfully. And of course, we're doing this with the idea of applying them in a spiritual way, all right? So, you know our our, uh, uh, vision statement, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So this series is going to settle around defining just what spiritual freedom really is. And there's one scripture that we will keep in mind throughout this series, and it's from Romans 8.36, and it says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. If we look at the Greek, if we go back and look at the Greek for that scripture, you'll discover that this word can mean to liberate or to exempt from liability. So if you consider that, that uh, scripture a little differently, it could read this way. Whom the Son liberates or exempts from liability will be truly liberated and exempt from liability. See, when you put that together, there are two things that we can draw from that, two conclusions. One, there are things that Christ has freed you from, and there are things that Christ has freed you to. So we're going to take an acrostic, and we're going to delve into these two, this whole concept of freedom, and we're going to use, not surprisingly, our title, Drive, Directions, Red Light, Green Light, Independence, Vision, and Exits. So today we're going to do the idea of directions, that D in Drive. And the great philosopher, Yogi Berra, once said, if you don't know where you're going, 
you'll end up someplace else. So back in the 70s when I was driving, we did not have what? GPS. Oh my goodness. We did not have GPS. So you actually had to research where you were going. You, you, you had to plan your trip out. And you actually had to use this thing, which many of the young people don't know what it is. It's a map, okay? And a map had roads on it. See, and you'd talk to other people sometimes. Well, how will I know when I get to this turn or that turn? You know, you may even take a trip during the day if you're going somewhere at night to make sure you get there. But today, we have GPS. Have you noticed that no one ever asks you for directions anymore? What do they ask you for? Your address, okay? And, and then they, they kind of put it in, right? They don't have to check a map. They don't have to drive anywhere to know it. They just put in that address, and they get turn-by-turn directions. Now, if that's not enough, if you can't read, you have a voice that tells you where to go. My wife used to tell me where to go. And now, directions, directions, okay? Gosh. You know, if you miss a turn with GPS, what does it do? It reroutes you, right? It tells you when you'll arrive to the minute. It, it, it is such, so, so amazing that it tells you where the police are so you know where to speed. <laughs> but I have really bad news for you today. God does not use GPS. He doesn't. It's not a matter of you deciding something you want or a road you want to travel on and assuming it's just okay with God or assuming that some directions will instantly appear. But the question, and we're going to study this today, the question is, how do we find the right road to travel on, the road that God has for us? So I'm going to share three ways with you. There are a number of ways. We're going to look at three ways today that God uses to help us stay on the right roads through this life. So like in the old days, you need a map. In this case, it's a spiritual map. And you only really have one really, really good map. You don't have to worry about shopping for a bunch of them. And that's the Bible. The Bible's our map. And this is the first way, the most important way in many, in many situations that we need to get on the right road. See, you need to research your trip. The road God is wanting you to take, you need to watch for signs, right? You need to be in the right lane in order that you can make the right turn. You need to watch for traffic lights. Now, next week, you're going to learn all about God's red lights and green lights. But see, when you do your research, when you consult God on where should you be going, what road should you be taking, then we look at Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, his word, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You see, when we decide to take a road without getting directions, without consulting God's map, we can start to hit potholes. We can run into mud. We know what mud is up here in New England. We will find that our road can be blocked with any, any different kinds of debris. See, 
many times, not always, but many times, we get on wrong roads because of sin in our life or we're being tempted toward a sinful situation. If you look at the Bible very, very early on in the Bible, God made something clear. It was Genesis. And he's talking to Cain. And he says this, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, if you're on the right road. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. You see, Cain is jealous of his brother. He is tempted with anger and jealousy, so he takes a road that God never meant for Cain to take, and he murders his brother. Now, I know what the Bible says in the New Testament, that Jesus took our sins. He took them to the cross. I know that he paid the price for those sins, that we have been set free from the power of sin and death. But I'll tell you, in the New Testament, it is full of scriptures that warn us that we have an enemy, only one, fortunately, and his name is Satan. And he is able to tempt you and me. And that is what he does. We see that clear in John 10.10. The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. See, so many of us know this scripture. In my counseling, this is something I try to, to just, to be frank with you, beat in to situations. We've heard it hundreds of times. But then, why do we see people as our problem sometimes? Why do we see situations as our problems? Why do we blame others for our problems? Why do we get in situations we know are wrong or could be wrong And why do we start down those paths that lead to trouble? Or why do we ask, where are you, God, when we find ourselves in tough places? Why do we think it's God not giving us better directions? Why do we ask God, God, why are you allowing me on this rough road? And and the word is clear. We have one enemy who desires to take your freedom and my freedom away, to give you the wrong directions so you end up on the wrong road, heading for somewhere God never meant you to go. Contrast that with Jesus' desire. He says he came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly, a life that's filled with good. We find that so inscribed in his word. See, today, instead of the Bible, so many people look to self-help books. They look for a way to find this peace that God actually defines we can have. They They try to find direction for their life and get on the right road. And I'll tell you, there's some good things in some of these books, and they can help to a degree. But almost always, they're dead ends if that's all you get. They can't bring lasting peace. See, true freedom is found in one place and one place only, and that's in Jesus. And he is the word of God. He is that word that we're to study. Jack Hartman, my business partner, said this to me one day. He said, Ed, you've read all kinds of books, and I did. I read all kinds of books, most of them motivational. But you've not read the one book that God wrote. 
So early in my Christian walk, very early, literally weeks after, I end up in the hospital. And the hospital was so busy, I had to, I had to actually be in a bed in the hallway for a day. And, and I had lower tract distress, so that was not a good idea. So I'm there, and, and God just speaks to me, and I decide I'm going to read the whole New Testament. So I'm there for probably three days. One of the only times I'll be in the hospital until I get older, and I'll be in just one more time for one day, very blessed. But I'm there, and I read the whole New Testament, and it changes my life. You know, I was born and raised in a religion that pretty much everything I knew was in Genesis in the first few books. And I found out things I never knew before. I found out one thing, that God heals. That was one of the things I claimed while I was in the hospital. It changed my life. That time changed my life. Last week, Pastor Greg challenged us. This is a slight detour. He challenged us to get into the Word this year, 2023. He talked about something called the Bible app. You can get it on on iPhones or Androids. And you can go there, and they have like hundreds of different reading programs. If you need help with those, contact Pastor Greg. Contact me. Contact one of the elders. We all are in it. So a few final comments on this idea of the Bible being our map and the first thing that helps us stay on the road. Do you know that Google is a spiritual invention? I heard that no. Do you know that most Christians wonder if that's spiritual? But let me tell you why it is. Do you suffer from anxiety, depression, uh, anything like that, fear? Go Google scriptures on anxiety, depression, and fear. Do you struggle in your marriage? Go Google scriptures about a good marriage, how to build a good marriage. Do you struggle with finances? Google scriptures on finances. It's tricky here. Funny. I encourage you. You don't just have to. People open the Bible, don't know where to go. There's many ways to read the Bible. One of them is topically, and you can search for those online today. You don't need a thesaurus. You don't need a concordance. They're all online. So number two, how do we get good directions other than studying the Bible? Well, one way is in Proverbs eleven fourteen. Here's what it says. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. See, when you're on the right road, there's safety. God has used so many people hundreds of times in my life to keep me from getting on the wrong road. One of them, my great dear friend who got upstairs before I did, and that was Tom Murphy. And Tom, if you knew Tom, he was, he was not super emotional or, or excitable. He was kind of steady. And he would call me in and tell me to sit down. And then he would begin to tell me why God is disappointed in me. (laughs) To which I would obviously be defensive and tell him how wrong he is. He would just look at me, have this little smile on his face. He'd wait a minute, not say a word. And I would talk myself right around into realizing, yeah, you're right. That's wrong. So today, I still have plenty of people that will talk into my life. I can't get away with most anything. And I don't want to, by the way. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's awesome. I have two people very close to me, my wife and my son. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to confront someone. And I thank God that I have people that were, 
will confront me. Can you look for one of them or two of them or three of them in your life? It's got to be somebody that knows you, somebody that's godly. But find them and then thank God for them. But here's what you have to do. You have to say, Greg, you have permission to talk into my life. You have permission to tell me when I'm wrong. You have to give them permission. You have to tell them you want them to do that. And when they do that, you will not like it. You won't. But you'll come to value that. So the Bible, counsel of others. Here's the last key. If you want to get good spiritual driving directions, what's even better than using a map? Go to the map maker. Okay, go to the one that created the map. See, when you go to God in prayer for directions for your life, you're talking to the person who created your life. See, when you're looking for a road to go down, Jesus made it very clear that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And don't you know, we use this word prayer, and we just we see people with their heart, hands folded, kneeling down. Now, if that's your posture for prayer, that's great. But prayer is like talking to anyone. Prayer is like talking to someone who doesn't necessarily talk back to you audibly, but he will impress you with different thoughts, different directions. Jesus said, it, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Accepting Jesus sets us free. It puts us on the right road. And praying and studying and looking to others helps to keep us there. As I close today, I want to read a scripture that I love in Psalms 5.8. It says, Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. We have one enemy, right? In the New Testament, one enemy. Make your way plain for me to follow. Sometimes it's not a plain way. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out what's going on in your life. Sometimes your emotions take you places that you, you know is not a good place to go, but you have to fight. Lord, make your way plain. That's a prayer all of us should pray. All of us. So two very important questions I have for you today. First, if you're listening in and you're a Christian or you're here and you're a Christian, I have a key question that God had me to ask. Now look, I want to tell you something. This is important. When I come on Sunday service, when Greg or whoever's preaching, I know that God has something to say. The question is, is he saying it to me? Because if he is, there's something special about that day. There's the moving of the Holy Spirit. When you hear a message and you feel it's for you, don't mistake the fact that God has something for you today. You can say, well, I'm going to go off and think about that. Yeah, you'll think about it. And before you know it, you'll either forget it or you'll discount it. Today, today is the day that you need to hear. So my question to you as Christians, are you on the wrong road right now? Are you on the wrong road right now? And be honest with yourself. Have you made choices that have caused you to wander away from the path God has for you? Are you walking in your own path right now? Or have you just pulled off the road 
A number of Christians are sidelined by their past, by commentary by others. Maybe you've become too busy and you've just in many ways put your spiritual life to the side. Oh, you still believe in God. You still go to church. But your life is crammed with things that have very little to do with Jesus. Now, here's the situation about wrong roads. Wrong roads can be disastrous. Huge potholes. Okay, deep mud. And for those people, you know sitting here today, that's you. But here's the worst kind of road. Just a little bumpy. Got a little bit of stuff in there to start. Maybe it went from macadam to dirt. Those roads don't lead to good places. Those roads normally get bumpier. And it's good to get out of them before they get too bumpy. So I... My, my question that goes right along with the other one, if you're on the wrong road, would you like to change roads today? Because that's what God sent me here to bring that, that, those two questions to you. That's why I preach this. So I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to pray that if you're here, whether your road is a, just a slightly bumpy one or you're just, you're stuck and there's nobody, it appears, around to come tow you out. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe, God, that you're going to say to God today, please, put me on the right road. Lead me in your path. Can we close our eyes and and just bow our heads for a moment? Because this is a very personal time. We don't need to be looking around and see who raises their hands or who doesn't. But, Father, I pray. Lord, I've been on a number of wrong roads in my walk with you. And I thank God that through the word and through counsel and through prayer, you've You've managed to bring me back. There's been damage when I've been on those roads, Lord, not just to me, but in in people that have been around me. And Lord, I've repented of that. And and Lord, I thank you that, that you keep me. You keep me on that right road. But Lord, today, boy, I know how I felt when I was on those wrong roads. And Lord, I, I pray, I pray that your love for people would be there powerfully today. And that you would convict people's hearts that this isn't about showing that you're wrong. It's about wanting to be right. It's about believing, God, that you actually have a road for us and you can get us back on that. It's, it's getting over that hopelessness or getting over that, that laissez-faire attitude. Whatever it is, Father, today, I want to pray for those that have said, I want to change roads. So if that's you today, every head bowed and eye closed, Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Can I ask you to keep your hand up for just a moment? I know it's kind of a pain, but every head bowed, every eye closed. Hand up. If you're at home, hand up. Father God, right now, you said, if I brought this message and people responded, that you would move. You promised that. You said it would, literally, you said, it's going to be a wonderful day, Ed. I believe that. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for road changes. I pray that detours will go and main roads will be picked up. And, Father, in the lives of everyone that raised their hand, whether they have six-foot potholes or just bumpy roads, in the name of Jesus, I curse you, Satan, because we have one enemy. And in the name of Jesus, I believe that all those that have raised their hands, Lord, that they will find a road that you have for them. And not someday but now in Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name, amen. You put your hands down. If you need prayer, come up front. We'd be glad to follow that up with, with even specific individual prayer. But here's my next call. My next call is, if you're not a Christian, if you've never had a time where you said, I believe you, Jesus, I believe you died on a cross for me, that you rose again from the dead. If you haven't done that, you're not on any road that matters from a Christian standpoint, but it really matters for where you're heading. The Bible is very clear that 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 road that goes to heaven, it's narrow. And the road that leads to hell, I know you're not, it's so funny, that's become a word that we don't always like to hear from a pulpit, but it's so in the word of God. But that road that leads to hell is broad. It's a, it's a six-lane highway. And God would say, I want to put you on a road like you've never been on before. Are you struggling with peace in your life? God has a road of peace for you. Are you struggling in your marriage? God has a road that will help your marriage be better than it's ever been. Struggling with finances, struggling with addiction. I'm going to tell you something. I had a bunch of stuff in my life. You know, I didn't change from my teenage years until my middle 20s. I almost ruined my life. I ruined my marriage. And God put me on a road that I've been on ever since. And you can, you know, I have people tell me all the time, it, it's good for you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it's good for you too. So I want to pray right now. You don't have to close your eyes now. I'm just going to pray that if you're here today and you just want to be on a road, then I'm going to pray a prayer and I just want you at the end to say, I agree, Ed. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And this is my prayer, Lord. That, Father, those that don't know you would today say, Jesus, I am going to receive you as God in my life. As someone who will set me free and will put me on a good road. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on a cross for me. You rose from the dead. And now you live in heaven with our Father God and you make intercession. In other words, you, you pray for me all the time. And Father, today, today I believe that you are who you say you are. And that I believe this prayer that Ed is praying. I accept you today. If you are here and you don't know Jesus and you don't know what road you're going to get on, I can tell you it's a good road. But if that's you, would you raise your hand for just a moment? I want to pray with you too. Is there anyone here that would say, I want the right road? If you're at home, I can't see you. I see one hand. Anyone else? If I don't see your hand and acknowledge you, I'm not looking at you. Please keep it up. These lights are blinding. Anyone else? Am I not seeing you? Yes, I see you. I see those. All right, you may put your hands down. Can I encourage you, if you raise your hands, to come up? I have a book I can give you. It's right down here. Fortunately, I'm working out, so I can actually get up again. I'd like to give you this book. So please come up. I want to give it to you. I want to pray with you. I want to know who you are. God's a map maker. Oh my God, I thank God for God being a map maker. I can't even tell you how screwed up my life would be 
I'm not sure I would be, uh, no, I know I wouldn't be alive. God gave me a vision one time, but I wouldn't be alive. He's awesome. He's real. He'll keep you on the right road if you look to him. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for our time together today. Thank you for, uh, for being such an amazing God, map maker, someone we can talk to, someone who puts people in our lives. We just give you praise today, give you honor. We give you glory. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, enjoy your Sunday and drive carefully.